Are you ready for the final answer to perfect success? Is success predictable? Is it possible to guarantee success? What do the wealthy know that most people don't? Is there a secret code? Are there secret rules? Join Lucas Tyndale and Dr. Anthony Rodman as they answer life's most difficult questions and give the keys to perfect, predictable success. Success Epitomized presents the final answer. The final answer. Because success is predictable when you have the right keys. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Success Epitomized presents The Final Answer. I'm Lucas Tindell here with Dr. Anthony Rodman. We're excited to have you guys today. Dr. Rodman, how are you feeling today? I am feeling absolutely wonderful today. This is a great time. Great time indeed. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Excited about today's show. We have a wonderful guest uh, who you happen to know. Um, who mm-hmm. I have met recently and you have known for some time. Um, he is a former Heisman candidate, former NFL pro, um, and turned businessman. And maybe not turned businessman. I'm sure the man was always there. Uh, and we're excited to hear his story today. He's going to help us talk about how we can manage our time to reach our goals. Dr. Rodman, as you think about that today, as you think about how people can be successful in uh, getting control of their time, aligning their time to get to the things that they want, what's an opening thought for the people who are here today, who are watching live, and to those who are listening to listening to this podcast? Um, the opening thought would be to understand that time responds to you, not you responding to time. See, m- many people's frustration with time is, They're always being subjected to time and not taking control over time. Mm. And most of that is because of the misconception that time is linear and not cycles. Because of that, most people think they're losing time. And once time is gone, it's gone forever. Have you ever heard that before? Many, many times. I mean, time is the most precious thing because it's the one thing you can't get back. It's, once it's gone, it's gone forever. I lost time. People don't want to change. There's there's a saying, some people change jobs, mates, and friends, but never think of changing themselves. And the reason people struggle with so much change is because they think they're losing time. It's like, I can't change me. I might be able to change those other things, but you know, mm-hmm. I can't, I, I've been, I've, I'm locked into who I am after all this time. Yes. <laughs> right. And that's the misconception of time. We understand that time is a currency. Hmm. It's a right. currency that most, many people don't use correctly. And just like any currency, you can get more or you can get less. Right. You could be in abundance or you can go broke. Right. You can gain a lot of time, all the time, or you can lose time. Mm. But because we don't understand that, many people are being subjected to time the same way they're being subjected to money. So we want to help people really take the time to take back control of their time and help them really understand that you have the power to control time. That's a that's a big deal. That's a huge statement. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned wherever you're watching from or listening from. We want to thank those who are watching this live broadcast uh, on LinkedIn, Facebook uh, or YouTube. We appreciate you guys here today. 
and also to those who are listening to this podcast, wherever you may be listening to your podcast, your favorite place, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the many other podcast platforms. We're excited to have you guys. Please make sure you subscribe. If you're watching one place, we'd love for you to join us uh, in the other uh, places that you guys can find this content. So as we continue to think about this thought, I mean, those are some pretty, I'd say, bold statements for a lot of people. Controlling time and really taking control of it. I think the greatest statement most people have would be, uh, I believe the movie was The Dead Poets Society, Robin Williams' They said, mm. seize the day, carpe diem, seize the day. Yeah. I think people's greatest yeah. concept may be the most I can do is seize the day. Is that advice that you would give or is there more that we can do? That's great advice, but there's more that you can do. The reason why people can't seize the day because they're either trapped in their past mm. or they're worried about their future. Ooh, very true. How can I seize the day if my mind, my heart, all my emotions are still in the past? Great point. And how can I seize the day if I'm so worried about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next year or next month? Yeah. I'm so anxious and worried. Most people are so confused. And so the, the fear of the unknown, the fear of missing out yeah. has caused them to not be able to seize the day. And their frustration with that has made them come subjected to time and our time control them mm. and them not taking back their power to control time. I, I absolutely agree. <clears throat> I definitely see it. A lot of time spent in the past reflecting, regretting, wishing, wanting different, better or more. I, I heard grief was described as. Uh, wanting the the feeling of wishing something was different, better, or more. And a lot of us are in the past wishing things were different, better, or more, and we're missing the present. So I wish this had gone differently. We're missing the present. And then we're looking forward saying, well, I hope it can go differently in the future, but we keep missing the gift of the present. So what is the balance there? Because sometimes we have things that we kind of need to fix to go forward, or so we believe. What are you saying for us to do today? Well, this is why it's so important to understand that time is in cycles. Because mm. what happened before is going to happen again. Right. And if you can learn how to prepare for your future and learn from the past, you can enjoy the present. Mm. Say, that, say, that again. say that again. Say that again. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. This is a lean-in moment. That's a lean-in moment. moment. That's a yeah. lean-in moment. If I can learn how to prepare for the future, learn from the past, then I can enjoy and conquer the moment. Mm. And that's what we try to teach people how to do. We literally create systems of how to prioritize my life and transform your mind to learn how to prepare for your future. Like you want to prepare for your future. If your future is already done, why are you worried about it? Mm. But many people are caught in the unknown, so they are worried about it. Because they don't believe their future is already done. You can't you can't just say our future is already done and not explain what you mean. I mean, that is a that is another big statement. My future exactly. is like a cake that's already baked. that's already done. Does that mean I have no choice then? It's already done. So what am I doing? Why even try to prioritize if it's just going to happen anyway? Well, that's the reason why people are afraid of their future, because they have not created their future. Okay. They're subjecting themselves to someone else's future. So their future is already done. They just have not been invited to the party to decide. Mm. 
because they subjected themselves to someone else's creation, someone else's intention, someone that has planned out their future. They're depending on someone else's decision for their future plans, and they subjected themselves to it. I example, say a university. They have this, they have this path you got to go to. This it, is the prerequisite exactly. for this. Here's the path to get on our stage with our diploma. And after that, then you go into the next level and you go into a business where the business founders, owners, board members are creating a vision. You get plugged into a piece and you become one of the wheels to help drive this thing forward or some yes. part of it. But you're just getting into their vision and they've got it yep. figured out. It's already written. You just it's don't already know written. Their future already written. And wow. they are controlling your time. Absolutely. And if and if you're not in agreement or in partnership with them, then you had no say in your time. Wow. And because people are using their time to take care of provision and not becoming provision, mm. they're actually serving time instead of having time serve them. Remember, it's the same concept. Time is currency. Right. So many people are working for money and not having money work for them. It's the same thing with time. Mm. Many people are working for time and not having time work for them because they are not controlling or creating the future. They're not tapping into the creator inside of them. That starts with the end before they begin anything. Mm. So we teach people how to start with your end before you start. That mm -hmm. should be for your year. That should be for each season. That should be for each month. That should be for each week and definitely for each day. Mm. You should never start your day till it's finished. Wow. And the reason why people can't take control of the day because they're unsure of what's going to come. Wow. You can't seize what you're not seeing. You can't seize you can't. the day. How can I take control of this day if I'm only just catching it after it happens? If everything's just happening. Hey. Exactly. And I'm trying to catch it. It's not working. So many people are reactive instead of proactive. Absolutely. And because they're not proactive, they cannot actually decide who to connect with to make sure we're going in the same mm. direction. Right. So now you're giving up your time to people that might not be in agreement where you want to do with your time. Wow. Which is why so many people are miserable at their job. Exactly. And and now let me clear this up, though. I want to make sure Go people ahead. who are listening, there's probably a lot of our listeners out there in the business community, either owners of the businesses or mm -hmm. the workers in the business. The, mm -hmm. the owners are thinking, OK, this this lesson here, gentlemen, is, is suggesting that my workers should not work to help me with this vision. I'm paying them to be a part of this. They are getting compensated. Mm -hmm. They're getting health care. They're getting they're getting all these things. These ben this mm -hmm. benefit package to help me with my vision. And I want this vision to become theirs as well. I don't want to run them over with my vision. That's why we have team meetings. That's why we do evaluations. That's why we do town halls mm -hmm. here. And we bring people together and we let them give their input. So the owner is saying, hold on, are you guys suggesting they shouldn't help me? And the worker is thinking, should I just jump off the boat? What do I do? I don't, I don't know how to start my own thing yet. So are we saying that either of these people are wrong? And if they are, what do they do? And if they are not, what do they do? And we're not telling them that they're wrong. We're telling them to create some intention. Okay. So if you're, if this is a company you're going into and you want this to be your career, you should be agreeing with the same vision direction they're going towards. Come on, be here for a while. Okay. If I'm not in agreement with this career, this vision that y'all having, that you're going towards, this destination you're going towards, 
but I see the opportunity to develop a skill. Going with the intention, I'm going to use this time to develop this skill while they're going towards that vision. Mm, okay. If I plan on being a business owner one day and I like your vision, but I don't want to stay under this covering a long time, then I'm going to use this opportunity to learn the skill, learn the behind the scenes as how you're how you got to this point. Right. And maybe I can take that information and this opportunity to create my own business. And if I do correctly by the relationship, maybe we can partner or mastermind or I can be a I can take over that part of your business. Right. And you can outsource it to me as we're in a partnership agreement. But I have to have some type of intention going to any type of agreement. Yeah. So I'm not just being under someone else's intention. My intention should be in agreement with the intention you have. When I can do that, mm -hmm. I can control my time and use it wisely and step down my time control me. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think this was an excellent opening statement. We want to give some time to bring our guest in. He has some phenomenal experience in transitioning through different levels of success um, and having challenges in those moments at times where, you know, to the average person, we may not have heard the journey of a, a Heisman candidate going into uh, the NFL and then going into business. We hear about these stories later down the road. Uh, oftentimes mm -hmm. we hear about, oh, so-and-so is doing this in business or doing that in business. Uh, but we don't often hear the behind the scenes journey and what it takes to get some alignment. Uh, he's a family man as well. Uh, and that is a priority of his and helping his family also prioritize. So we want to welcome to the show today, Mr. Joshua Harris. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? We're great, great, great. So glad to have you. Uh, thank you for joining us today. I've shared a little bit about your journey. Um, if you can start with us, for us, and for our audience today, when you think of, just an opening thought from you, when you think of how to manage time, you know, and we're going to get into your story. When you think about how you manage time throughout your collegiate career, professional football career, now in business, what, is the, what are some of the first thoughts that come to mind or what advice would you give someone when it comes to this? Uh, I think Anthony mentioned it. He said, you got to start with the end in mind. And uh, that really is a critical piece because um, it's really the only way to measure success. How can you know whether you're winning or losing if you don't know what the finished product uh, should look or feel like? You just are wandering, right? right. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think that uh, beginning with the end in mind is, is super important. I think that prioritizing things uh, because they're, you know, the commercial life comes at you fast. Right. Um, and it does. So you have to kind of prioritize things that are most important to you um, so that you're not going to be winning in every area of your life. But if you're winning in the most important areas, then you are actually winning. Um, and so you have to know what things are uh, are going to be more important to you. So that as you look at the scoreboard, you say, well, you know, I'm winning over here, you know? Um, and so, you know, somebody might be, you know, if you take hoops, somebody might score a hundred points, but you lost 101 to a hundred. Um, and, and so, so somebody going to be like, yeah, but I got mine. And right. somebody else is going to say, somebody else is going to say, but who cares? We lost, right. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, no one's going to talk about that game. And, and so 
<clears throat> understanding what actually constitute a win uh, is important as well. Those are probably the two two biggest factors to me. I love that. What constitutes a win is a, is a big deal. That's a huge statement right there. Because that's most people's issue. Their frustration in life is, like you said, they don't know if they're winning or losing. Mm. And what you might have thought was important when you first started might not be later. So it's very important to understand what you're trying to become and where you're trying to go. So you can actually dictate your time and schedule to go towards that thing because that's what my folks' intention is going to be towards. Absolutely. Excellent, excellent stuff. Ladies and gentlemen out there, again, whether you're watching us here on LinkedIn, Facebook, or YouTube, or whether you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, we want to thank you and encourage you guys to subscribe and like this, uh, these pages uh, or these podcasts. We really appreciate it. We are recording this live, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're here watching us live right now, and you're making comments, keep making comments, keep hitting the hearts, keep sharing this broadcast. Uh, we are likely here with you in the comments, commenting as well. This was recorded, previously recorded live. Uh, so we want to acknowledge that and thank you guys for your comments and your engagement. Please continue to share. If we're not answering your questions, uh, hopefully we will be able to answer them in the, in the chat live with you while we're here with you guys. So we're so excited about this. Uh, Joshua, so let's talk a little bit about uh, your athletic career. It is very important that people learn to manage time when it comes to something like this. Those that are highly successful, they got they have to figure it out. You got to go to school somehow. You got to go get your. You, you got to go to practice. You got to go to the weight room. You gotta you gotta eat. You gotta you gotta sleep. You gotta manage all these things. It's like my wife was a collegiate athlete, and she's like, it's like how do they think we're gonna do all these? We're traveling all the time. She's like. It was madness, you know, trying to keep up with those things. So share with us a little bit. Tell us, you know, for those that don't know where you went to school, uh, you know, your your position, how, how things kind of went for you. Kind of paint the picture of your collegiate career for us. So I'll do that. But first thing I want to do is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to debunk the myth. You don't have to figure it out at all. Okay. You don't have to. All, all you have to do at that level is obey. Interesting. There is no figuring it out. Ooh. They they Ooh. tell you exactly what to do, where to be, <laughs> what to eat, There's when to eat it, time. when you can schedule your classes, uh, you know, how many periods is going to be in practice, how long each period is going to be, when you can transition to the next, when you can get a, a scheduled water break. They give you don't have to figure anything out, which is why people experience so much success when they're under the structure of that college or that pro team or that business who has those systems in place. Um, when you get outside of that, that's when it gets tough uh -huh. because now you, because now you do have to figure it out. Um, but uh, to kind of tell you uh, my story, I graduated from Westville North, uh, went to a college at Bowling Green State University, uh, recruited as a quarterback athlete. Um, I was blessed to have the opportunity for Urban Meyer and his staff to come in uh, to Bowling Green during the winter of my freshman year. Totally changed my life uh, wow. in terms of being able to see what's possible. Um, <clears throat> you, it's hard for somebody who, you know, you got those left brain people, right brain people, super creatives. You have super uh, logical and people that operate with logic and reason. I'm one of those guys. Uh -huh. Um not the creative type. I'm not going to, um, you know, just live in my thought bubble, right? I am going to oftentimes um, 
I can see as far as my best experience. Uh-huh. Uh, and so when Coach Meyer came in and they showed us something different, um, they 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 brought structure uh, and discipline. They set they reset expectations. Um, they recruited different different players. Um, it was uh, it sped the whole thing up. Like everyone had to speed up and be better mm. or get left behind. And so uh, that was that was the lifestyle. And some people are like, man, but I, you know, I don't feel like, okay, cool. Bye. Then it was, it, it wasn't meant for everybody to mm-hmm. what it was very simple. It was not meant yeah. for everybody to survive that. Uh, you really mm-hmm. had to do just that, especially when they were young coach Meyer, those guys, they were young. Um, wild, man. We Interesting. did some stuff. You're talking they, about they were ambitious. Meyer. I mean, the urban yes. legend almost. I mean, this guy, yes. you know, everywhere he went, he transformed programs. Everywhere he went, they started winning. Uh, most people know him from his time at Florida and Ohio State. Uh, and now will be <clears throat> taking on his first year as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you can truly say that he was a structured guy that brought a level of structure that literally changed the culture. Change the culture and change the lives of the people. Like, listen, I, I talk to him uh, several times a year, and at least one time a year, I say thank you. Wow. At least wow. one time, even after all this time, I say thank you. Um, I, I, I give him words of encouragement. I tell him I'm proud of him. Um, because without being able to experience a situation like that, you really, I mean, there's no telling. I'm not yeah. saying I wouldn't be successful, but I certainly wouldn't be the way that I am, which means my kids wouldn't get what they get from me. Mm-hmm. My two sons, they wouldn't get what they get from me. Um, and that is super important. It's important to me. It's important to my wife um, and it's important to my kids. Um, and so, you know, without that experience, you know, I just don't I'm, I'm not sure it would be something, but I'm not sure what it would be. That's a really, really powerful statement. Dr. Roman, when you think about somebody coming in and creating Mm -hmm. structure like that, somebody who is changing the Mm -hmm. lives of men, right? And that's something Mm -hmm. I know like Urban Meyer talks about, changing the lives of these young men to change Mm -hmm. their trajectory. The greatest coaches out there that we ever hear about, the the greatest players often had the greatest coaches that helped them go to a different level of structure and order. When you think about that to the average person, what advice would you give them? What do, it's partnership. What is it that, that makes that work? Help us out. No, it's definitely partnership because that's the problem right there. A coach can literally destroy someone's career in life mm. or actually build it and create an extraordinary career in life wow. because of that partnership. This is why I used to tell guys all the time when I used to train athletes and help them go into the collegiate ranks or to the pros. You need to come in with some intention and you need to understand this. You're so excited about these coaches recruiting you. You need to understand you're recruiting them as well. Wow. You better recruit your coaches and really understand is what are their, how's their approach? How do they deal with their actual players? What's their vision for you within the vision they had? Wow. Because if you agree to this vision they have and this vision they have for you and you're not, you don't like it, don't go inside of their kingdom because this is a kingdom they created. Mm. This is their territory. Wow. Trying to change things up. You're going to be frustrated. 
you're going to be mad. And guess what? You're going to lose to the king. Right. It's his <laughs> kingdom. You're going to lose. And that's the problem you have is, like he said, when you go into this kingdom, your only job is to obey. That's your only job. All you have to do is obey the king, and he will literally set you up in the vision he said he'd had for you. Don't think that because you had this vision, and, if, and they tell you, almost every culture, this process, every business, they tell you the vision they have for you. Most people are like, I'm going to change his mind. Well, you better hope someone gets hurt or opportunity comes up. Because unless uh, someone gets hurt or opportunity comes up, you're usually not going to change their mind because they have a vision already set for you and the vision they have for the actual team. The only way that your vision can come in, if you override it, something supernaturally or an opportunity comes up where someone gets hurt or opportunity comes up or they can't over recruit you. Because even if the opportunity comes up, a lot of these coaches will over recruit you. And you, people are getting frustrated and be like, why are you over? Why are you? I'm here. Why are you recruiting that when person? You, when you so say I over recruit, have vision for you. So to make that clear to the to the non athletes out there, and those who have been, what does over recruit help them understand? What does that mean? Over recruit is the same thing people do in business. So many people, they're in the business world. Someone is a manager position, mm -hmm. and they're thinking they're next in line. I'm the person that should be next in line to be the manager, right. and they come right. in and bring another manager from outside. <laughs> to take that position and you're staying in the same position you thought you were about to take this next you stay in the same position right so they over recruit meaning they recruited over you that means mm. you thought you were next in line like in high school most people are like i was a freshman i'm gonna be a sophomore i'm gonna be a junior it's my time now yeah it's not like that in the professional world we put the person in there that we think can fulfill the job to our vision not the next person in line Right. And it's one of the best things to teach you to go into the business world. But a lot of people, they're frustrated with that because they think you're going to get a longevity clause. Mm. Just I'm here. Been so I'm, I, I've been around the longest, so I should get the benefits. No, you get the benefits according to what you produce. Right. And that's the frustration for people is you have to produce. Now, you can outproduce your actual the vision they had for you mm -hmm. but you have to be willing to go through the process to take the time to produce long enough that you can shift and change their vision that's powerful and if you're not willing to go through that process you're going to be frustrated along the process because they're telling you the vision they have for you powerful powerful so joshua back to your playing career you talked about following the scheduled time there was appointed times to be places they set you up for success and i'm assuming uh some people buck the system some people don't want to follow and they have uh, a harder time let's talk about you and the lessons that that taught you that prepared you then for the next level what were the things that you were learning that was preparing you and to the person out there who is in that early part of their career be it college or be it early in their career, what what would you what would you give them? It's, even if they don't have a fully structured plan, how could you help them and what was going on during your time? I would tell them, um, I mean, you got to attach yourself to a winner before you're a winner. And, you know, mm. before you win, you got to attach yourself to a winner um, because as you learn and then you have to pay attention to the things that they do so that when they're not around, you can continue to do those things. Mm. So, you know, Coach Meyer put that structure in place and we were on autopilot, man. We were running. 
um, and uh, winning lots of games in spectacular fashion. It was um, a resurgence of, um, you know, success at Bowling Green, who had been successful previously, but had been, you know, in a, in a valley. And, and now we were at the peak. And so, but when Coach Meyer left to go to his next opportunity, we ran that program as if he was still there. Like there was enough leadership that um, the, the discipline part didn't change. Now we, we had a, a new head coach and he came in and he was already on the staff and uh, he was excellent at what he did. Right. So, um, but he had never had to be the disciplinarian. He was, you know, glasses guy, X's and O's. He was brilliant. Right. Um, and so that the fact that we continue to uh, self-police is what we called it. Mm. We continue to self-police the team uh, by position group uh, really, um, you know, freed up coach Brandon to continue to, you know, focus on those X's and O's and some of the other things uh, that a head coach has to uh, focus on. Uh, but yes, there were people that didn't, um, they, they didn't necessarily latch on. I think that a lot of times people choose to decide whether they're going to latch on or not based on if they're getting the result that they're looking for mm-hmm. um, or, or if they are um, playing a role that they like. Right? Mm. If you're not playing a role that you don't like, well, I ain't, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that vision because I don't like my role. Interesting. And you're totally entitled to do that. This is the reason why uh, Dr. Roman was saying you have to recruit yourself into the position as well, because most of the time, I won't say most of the time, oftentimes, <laughs> oftentimes. you're not being lied to. That was the you're vision not tri- then. You're not tricked into it. They said, this is my vision for you. And either you you rose to that occasion or you didn't. So now they have to replace. Ooh. If you would have done, Ooh. if you would have done what they thought you were going to do in the time frame they thought you were going to do it, they might fill another role before they come back to fill in that one. That's a powerful yep. statement. And it happened with him. And it happened with him because he got recruited from higher schools for different positions. Mm. But he told people, this is the position I wanted to play. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to make sure that I'm. he was recruiting other schools saying, no, I'm going to play quarterback. We don't, I'm not going to be a safety. I'm not going to be a running back. I'm not going to be in any of these positions. I'm going to be a quarterback. And he chose a school that allowed him to be the position he wanted, the vision he had for himself. I love that. Uh, Joshua, if you could tell us a little bit about that, because so many people out here in their careers are struggling. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just going to go to the place with the most money or the most prestigious school or whatever they can go for. And they're just, they feel so fortunate that anybody would choose me, that they wouldn't dare say, I will say no to these other opportunities to focus on my vision. My intentions are greater. My vision is greater. And I'm not going to let somebody just wash it away because they don't see it in me. Tell us a little bit about that process and and what was going on. I mean, Dr. Roman just shared a little bit of that story. Paint that picture for us about what that was like for you at the time. Mm. So a couple different angles I could go with this Uh because – I would have loved to gone to, you know, the biggest, baddest, most prestigious uh, school that was on the list uh, that was knocking on my door and and trying to draw my interest. Uh, but part of the reason why I, I didn't 
was not necessary. Uh, some of it was my belief in myself and some of it was uh, my fear of competing at positions that I hadn't played. Right. So these coaches are saying, hey, we look at your body of work, uh, your profile, um, you know, the X's and O's that, you know, you're everything that you can do. You can you can run, you can jump, you can do all these different things. And this is what we see you doing inside of our program. And I'm saying, yeah, but I've never done that. So and you're recruiting other top guys at those actual positions who just spent the last three or four years doing those things. So how could I be sure that I'm not going to go and just disappear? I wanted to mm. go somewhere where I felt like I could have an impact, just like I, just like if that guy who had been playing wide receiver for the last three years, there's no way he comes to play quarterback in my position. I, no, right. nope. It doesn't make that to me. And so I wasn't going to put myself in an arena that I was unfamiliar with. Interesting. Uh, and so, you know, ultimately I ended up at Bowling Green. Um, I, I really enjoyed my experience. Uh, we got a chance to play on some of the biggest stages uh, against some of the biggest teams. So it still all worked out. And it, and, it didn't, and I didn't have to go through my career lacking confidence because I was in my chosen position. Right. That's real. That's, That's awesome. Real. That is awesome. Now let's talk about transitioning to the NFL. This is something that a lot of young athletes, a lot of people dream of, going <clears throat> pro in whatever sport it is. And NFL is a tough place. I mean, they say going from high school to college is like the speed of the game, the size of the guys, everybody's big, everybody's strong. And then the NFL, I, I believe you even said it, is a whole new level. Help us understand that journey and that transition. Um, so, you know, a lot of times in the college experiences, you're slotting yourself, right. Mm -hmm. Um, through your gameplay. So you're slotting yourself to either be drafted or to be undrafted free agent. Am I going to get an invite to a, a, you know, a camp, uh, or am I going to get selected? Am I going to get selected so high that I'm ultimately walked right into a starting position? Uh, with an expectation of instant production. Uh, so you're mm -hmm. slotting yourself through that college experience. And through my college experience, I had slotted myself to a place where I felt pretty comfortable that I was going to be drafted at some point. No idea where you're going to go, but um, the idea that I wasn't going to get drafted was not even in my brain. It was, it was like impossible. Um, and so, um, you know, you go through the draft process and you end up finding out where your new home's going to be. And uh, you start along that path. You go meet new teammates. You go uh, make new first impressions. Uh, you go learn a new city. Um, you do all these things. Um, now, um, you know, lucky for me, I already had uh, I, I was already married. I already had my life partner. So I wasn't experiencing these things by myself. I had a sounding board where I could be like, you know, this is what I'm thinking or feeling or whatever the case may be. And so, um, but transitioning into the league, I don't even feel like it was a transition into the league. Again, when you're in that athlete world, man, you just, it's just, when is the next practice? When is the next game? When is the next meeting? 
When is the next? When is the cut day? What is the expectation? What weight are you supposed to be at? What mm -hmm. food is on the training table? Like it's not even it's for some people, and you'd have to find somebody else who's situation was different than mine and their experience would be totally different than mine. Right. But I remember in our first meeting uh, in Baltimore, uh, Brian Billick was the coach mm -hmm. and there's probably, you know, 85 guys in this room. Okay. And uh, it's a 45 man active roster. And at the time it was 56 people total. Mm -hmm. So he's like, um, first meeting, he's like, welcome to training camp. We're at Westminster college in Maryland. And he's like, um, this was the first impression. He says, well, man, there's 85 of you in here. I probably already know 50 of the spots. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa. I probably already know 50 of the spots. He said, um, but don't cut yourself. Mm. Go out, go out, compete, do your thing. Let the chips fall where they may. Wow. Mm. And I'll never forget because we had he had they had drafted a receiver return specialist in the seventh round. And they also had picked up a man, I don't even know what position he played, man. He was an <laughs> athlete. <laughs> His name, name is BJ <laughs> Sands. What round did you go in? Uh-huh. I went in the sixth round. I went in the sixth round. Yeah. Uh-huh. BJ as a quarterback, Sam, were you drafted into playing the NFL as a quarterback? Yes, I was. I was drafted uh, to play quarterback, and um, that's a whole nother story in terms of what what happened. It'd be a whole nother, probably a different podcast. Too, okay, well, we can that. do that one day. Time. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but BJ Sams, he came in from, I don't know if it was a H, HBCU or if it's just a small college down down south. Return specialist, running back receiver type. And as an undrafted free agent, a lot of times they are inviting you to camp that first weekend with no expectations of you being back after that first weekend. You're talking about trimming the fat. That's what they're doing. And then he hurts his hand. Mm. He, he hurts his hand. He's playing in a, in, in, a, in a big cast. And he's catching punts like this, boom, and carrying everything in his opposite hand. Wow. Man. But he was... But he was so good. You talk about, you talking about shaking up the vision. Uh -huh. This dude went yeah. from undrafted free agent to Pro Bowl alternate, alter, wow. alternate mm -hmm. in his rookie year. Mm -hmm. Wow! Right to yeah. to being a guy where they're like, man, we're not sure what position you play because you're small, but you're fast. You got vision. You got this. You got that. Man, we got to get this guy in the game on offense and just get him a couple of touches. Right. Put the ball in his head. Put the ball, Put the in, ball his in his hand. See what happens. It was right. he was electrifying, and so um, you know, again, everybody's situation is going to be a little bit different. Uh, mine was, um, mine was, mine was wild. But from a from what were you a, projected to be though. Before you keep going, what were you projected to be? Because I know you won't go through the whole story. But what were you projected to be? Because that's the part he don't want to talk about real quick. But <laughs> give the people a kind of a concept of why you say it's a wild story. So. Um, so they grade, they grade, they grade us, mm -hmm. right? You know, I talked about your college experience is going to get you slotted. Um, and some people, a lot of times the slots, it's not a number. It might be a range. 
So I was projected second round to fifth round, mm-hmm. right? Um, and ended up being drafted in the sixth round. So they might they slot all the people at your position, and then each team might have their preferences. So on somebody's board, I might have been a fifth rounder or undraftable. I don't know, right. you know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But on somebody else's board, they might say if he's available in the third round, we're taking him. Right. Mm-hmm. But then as the draft starts to happen and they start to fill needs and they start to look at their roster based on what's available, a team that might have said if he's available in the third round, we're taking him. They look and say, yeah, but so is that defensive end. Right. Yeah. So is that defensive end and he'll play right now. We don't expect that third round quarterback to play right now, but that defensive end might go get a six sacks this year. Right. And we need those six sacks. So, man, we'll roll the dice and see if he's around in the next round. You know, and so it just is uh, once. So having a plan initially and then, you know, when when the bullets start flying and seeing what's actually happening. Whew, that's the reason why you got to have the end in mind when yeah, you even yeah. before you get started. Right. I mean. It, it, it's so important because you can't even judge how you did right right mm-hmm. other people gonna judge how you did like every team gets the a draft grade and the the talking heads might be like oh this team failed the draft and you might be in your war room talking about high five and everybody we won you know we got we got we filled these positions with these players and right. da 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 and next thing you know they won't even get to see others won't get to see the finished product until you put it all together. And then like, mm. Oh, that, oh, that's right. Oh, they, 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 they knew something they, that we didn't know right. about exactly. those, those players. And so you got to have your plan uh, in mind. That's why um, Anthony kept on talking about intention. You got to have some intentions on what it is that you're trying to get done. Um, the sooner you stop freestyling in life, the better off you're going to be. I love that. I love that. We're talking about time management. So let's talk about that. The sooner you stop freestyling. Now, again, a lot of times people are doing what we call go with the flow, right? And and you said in college, there was a lot of structure. And so it enabled you to kind of go with the flow. You get, but, but still you had to have intention because you went to a college where you knew the flow was going to work in your favor if you were willing to do what needed to be done, Right. Then you get drafted. That's not something you can really control, like you said. How do you go into a professional rank and 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 keep your intentions and still manage your life? What was going on in your life at this time? Now, you know, personally, how do you manage all of that while traveling all the time? Like people struggle to manage their time and they're working at home right now. Right. Their their commute is two steps away from their bed and they're struggling (laughs) to manage time. So. How, how did you do it? Um. Well, I don't know how I did well at it, but I did it. You know, uh-huh. and I I struggled through it. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, you know, you're you're coming out of um, the covering of your family when you go to college, and you're going into the into the covering of that university and that coaching staff, and then you kind of come out here. Uh, to the real world, but it's not quite the real world because it's the NFL. And but you could be in the real world in five minutes if you didn't have a good day. 
Like, <laughs> wow, that's so, a deep statement. So, so it's like you, you know, y'all, you knew you remember Thor, uh-huh. and when they were, then when they were going from you know Thorland or whatever it was, Ragnarok yep. or whatever it was, right. yep. and, and and they had to go through the, the follow that beam where Idris Elba was letting them into Earth, uh-huh. and there was that portal, right? Well, that port, it was, it's that portal. So it's like it's like you're on that portal. Mm. And you're either going to be uh, in Ragnarok, or uh-huh. you're going to be back in Earth real fast, like <laughs> real fast. Now you're now you're tracking the Ragnarok. You All think right. that you're, and then they're like, "No, um, thanks for your time. Uh, coach needs coach needs to see you bring your playbook." And now you're you're spiraling back wow. to Earth, like you know. You know, falling to the earth. Like right. I have, I have no job. I have no home. I have no. Mm. And at that time, you know, um, I was already married. Uh, my, my rookie year, Jacob was conceived. My rookie year, born in two thousand and five. Um, in two thousand four, we had taken custody of uh, my wife's little brother. Wow. So we had a fourteen-year-old with us already. Mm um just showing him a different like showing him access because we knew he was an athlete showing him access like giving him access to different exposure yes you know different so so different vision man he he spent time in the locker room i mean he has memories of hanging out with ed reed wow that's powerful you know he he got he's he's you know and all of that so um but how i Man, I fumbled through it, man. Mm. I I fumbled through it. It's one of those situations where so much stuff is outside of your control. And, and Anthony talked about something earlier. He said people are either um, too busy w- fearing their future or what about their past? What do you say? Or stuck in their past. So they're either stuck in their past or they're afraid of the future. Right. Yes. And in that world. And in that world, when you're trying to break into that NFL world, the people who have the most success are the ones that are present. Interesting. Mm. They, they don't care about the Powerful. result. They just, they're like, man, I'm here for a reason. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether you see it tomorrow or not. I'm about to ball out today. Wow. I'm good. They're not worried about the past. They're not like, hey, I'm still living on my college success and career. They're like, I'm here today. Mistake or no mistake. It doesn't matter. They play like there's no consequence. That's powerful. and those are those are the ones, those are the ones that have, in my opinion, that I see have the most success. And they take and the most huge. chances. And that's huge what he's talking about, too, because that's the bigger difference between that pro game. I want to kind of pay that picture for them. Right. That pro game and then that. College game. See, against popular belief, a lot of people think they're going to go pro and they're, they got the best everything. They're going to make you great. The mm-hmm. pro game is you make yourself great and we'll take whoever is great and we'll put you in position to be great. Wow. College, they'll, they'll try, they'll control your schedule and all this stuff. They say you got to be here, you got to be there. The pros are this is what it is. You decide how great you're going to be mm-hmm. and we'll pick the great ones and we'll put them in position. Right. And you determine what you're going to get. And that's what the coach is saying, don't cut yourself. So that's a whole different world of reality when you're used to your parents controlling everything, the college coach controlling everything, now it's on you. Right. And yeah. we're very little development. Very, very result. little development. Very little development in the professional world. I mean, development yeah. happens in college. 
if you're not developed when you get to the league, uh, you either are going to be out of the league very quickly or you have to have this insurmountable amount of potential wow. for them to be patient with you. And they're still going to just wait to see if you can get it. And you're going to make give you a little and bit. And yep. the money. And you're going to hire yourself a trainer. Or right. Someone to develop okay. you. Yep. You better find something. <laughs> right. Find it from somewhere. So, uh, uh, Dr. Roman, a little more on uh, Joshua was talking about, you know, be, having that intent going into the league, um, mm-hmm. he, not looking in the past, uh, I, you know, the rearview mirror, as we all, people often call it. It's, it's crazy to think that people are so busy looking in the rearview mirror and they're so busy looking ahead that they miss the fact of what they're supposed to be doing just to stay <laughs> on the road. So, so help That's, the people with that. What do, what do we do with that? You said that earlier, and the people may have missed that. Let's tie that into time management again. Help us understand that a little more. Well, the reason why this is so important to have time management, because like, let's look at the person who just won the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Everybody loves to see. I mean, he's defying the odds of what people think is reality, right? right. But he actually got drafted just like Josh. He got drafted in the sixth round, I believe. And his first year, he told the owner, that's the best decision you ever made in your life. Now, that can be cocky. A lot of people like to say that's cocky or he might have news. But he already had a vision for himself. He already had a vision of trying to become something greater than anybody else saw. So with that vision, you can reverse engineer. You can start putting down goals. You know, you put down yearly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals. You put down assignments and tasks and things you got to get accomplished. And when you can have all that structure together and you create daily structures and goals that you know is going towards that vision, then I can be present. So I don't have to worry about my future. I don't have to worry about that because I already know if I do what I set to do today is leading me toward the vision or goals I have set for me. So it's so much easier to be present when you have goals, you have assignments, you have structure, you have a vision because you know what I'm doing today is leading me to that. So I got to worry about what's going to happen in my future. I can just focus on this day. I end my day. I actually reflect on my day. How did I do? What could I have done better? What could I have learned? That's what you do for the past. You don't get stuck there. You learn from it. Then you start the next day. Let me visualize my day. Let me see it done before I start according to my goals and vision. And then I get started. And all I have to do at that point is focus on my day. Right. So when I can do that, then I can be present because now my whole focus, my whole tension, my whole power, my whole energy is dedicated to just being present. And that's when the people are most successful because they're not worried about nothing else because everything else is already taken care of. I learned from my past. Mm. Okay. I know time's going to come back around again. We know trends are going to come back around again. Right. <laughs> Why are we so confused that these situations are going to come back around again? Right. As we've all been in our life, we all know. The situation we experienced in the past is going to come back up. Yep. Those who pay attention to it, prepare for it. Those who don't get trapped in it. Interesting. Interesting, interesting stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys were listening to that, catching that. Again, we want to thank you guys who are here watching this live uh, as this has been pre-recorded. But we're thank you here for here on the live broadcast. Those who are watching by replay and to those who are listening to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, we appreciate that. What you are watching is the recording of a live podcast for those who are watching. And to those who are listening, we're just glad you're here. And we hope you tell somebody about this podcast. 
Success Epitomized presents the final answer. Now, Joshua, let's go now from an NFL career until you and I were talking about this before the show. And you said everybody doesn't get to be Tom Brady. They don't get to project <laughs> out as 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 it was as Anthony was talking about and saying, um, you know, I'm gonna play till I'm 45. I got this vision for myself. Yeah. It's the best decision you ever made. And then even when Tom Brady gets, you know, doesn't have this agreement <laughs> with the coaches or the owners of the Patriots, he goes to a new team and wins the Super Bowl. A team that nobody people are have never thought would be winning the Super Bowl that fast. He has all this intention. So tell us a little bit about the ending of an NFL career, how it goes for most people. It doesn't go like Tom Brady, which I think is a fascinating story. And then kind of lead us into how what you started after your NFL career. Woo! So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the reason why uh, it's a big sigh, a big exhale is because really – the question that you asked isn't even the right question uh, uh -huh. because it's after the NFL career, which you never know when the NFL career is over. It's after your professional sports career, because okay. uh, I was, I was cut from Cleveland in 2005. Um, I saw that coming based on how training camp went and based on uh, the way that I was treated during camp by uh, the offensive coordinator in particular, what I did not see coming was not getting re-signed for the practice roster. Mm. I'll never forget. So when on the cut day, on the last cut day, I pull up to the stadium, I'd already prepared my wife. Hey, uh, probably going to get cut. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, I should get waived. If I clear waivers, meaning no other team picks me up under 24 hours, I'll be re-signed to the practice roster. Worst case scenario, I'll be cut, re-signed to the practice roster. Right. I go to work. When I, I'm walking into the building, two gentlemen outside the door, they stand up. I'm like, oh, here we go. So they stand up because I'm the guy they're looking for. When you see Josh, make sure you tell him, come upstairs. Hey, coach needs to see you upstairs. Bring your playbook. Right. So I go upstairs. I sit down with Romeo Cornell, who's the head coach at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, his first words uh, to me was, Josh, I, I I didn't expect to be having this conversation with you. I said, uh, me, me neither, coach, to be honest with you. I really sure what happened. And he said his next words is when I got stung and when reality hit me in the face with like a Louisville slugger. Wow. He said, I still believe you can play in this league. And I was like, that's not how this script is supposed to go. Huh. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What, what, you're, what you're saying is suggesting that I won't be here. Wow. He said, I still believe that you can play in this league. Pause. And if not, maybe you should consider Canada. Mm. I'm like, oh, oh, it's over. It's over here. Like my time here is actually over. And you're from Ohio. You're in Ohio thinking I'll be in Ohio. Yeah. 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 Wow. And um, uh, I thought to myself, what do I say to this guy right now? Do I do I fight for my life? Do I remain professional? Do I stay poised? Do I flip the table? Mm. Like what what do I do <laughs> right right mm, now? That's real. And I'm like. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm. Right. Yeah. Take the high road. I go home. 
Um, we lived about 12 minutes down the road. I go home. She's like, well, she's still asleep. She's still in bed. It's like, I mean, it's early, man. It's like 830. I already wow. been fired. <laughs> I already been fired. You know, businesses wait till the end of the day. The NFL, they don't wait till the end of the day, man. They like, exactly. get out of here, man. Don't even be around us. They like, we'll take the we'll take the production for your day on your last day. But on the NFL, they like, no, you get out of our facility. Uh, not one second longer. So uh, so I get home and I'm like, uh she said, Well, what happened? I said they cut me. I'm 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 still in shock. I'm like, she said, Well, what do you mean they cut you? Like they they cut me. Like I'm fired. Like, you mean like resign tomorrow? No. Mm. She's like, Well, what are we gonna do? First time she ever asked me, what are we gonna do? And I didn't have the answer. Wow. Ooh, what are we gonna do? Real. I said, I don't know. Now, for the next couple of weeks. I'm waiting, uh, waiting for a call to maybe get picked up by another team. I go work out for the Detroit Lions uh, at one point. We get in that workout. Coach Mariucci's like, all right, man, uh, thanks for coming out. This is pre-workout, guys. This is pre-workout. I'll never forget. Hmm. I'm here to fight for my life. Right. I'm here yeah. to find a job. I'm getting signed today. Mm, yeah. Pre-workout, dude says, "All right, man. We want to thank you. It was three quarterbacks working out. We want to thank you guys for coming out. Um, we're we're uh, just kind of let you know what our situation is. Jeff Garcia is hurt. We've got an early bye week. We're gonna try to limp into the bye week, and then uh, we'll we'll look at making a decision after we come out of the bye week." I'm like, we're about to go throw right now. What do you mean? You're talking about making a decision in three weeks? Wow. We're about Man. to throw right now. Right. You mean we can't get signed today? Mm. So they didn't even have receivers there. We were throwing the coaches standing on spots, bro. No I'm like, way. Y'all not, y'all not serious. Wow. Y'all not serious about, about finding a quarterback today. Uh, but he kind of prepared. He said, we're not. We're not really looking at finding anybody today. All we're doing is preparing in the event that we need to find a quarterback. Wow, man! They're being proactive with their intentions. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's why I said, man. Most of the times, they're not lying to you, man. You just missed it. You, right. It yeah. wasn't what you wanted to hear. That's powerful. Like they told you the truth. Brian Billick told me before I left Baltimore, "Don't go." You know our plans for you, Josh. It's unfortunate the way that it's worked out so far in your first year. Don't go. If you go, you're going to find yourself on the streets in a year. You're going to Cleveland. They have no GM. They have no head coach. It's a complete mess over there. I said, well, all due respect, this is an answer to a prayer. We prayed that the season would count and be credited. I understand you guys cannot put us on the active roster. That would have Baltimore with four active quarterbacks. That would be unreasonable to even expect you guys to do that, uh, when you, especially when you're in the middle of trying to make a playoff run. Um, I wouldn't ask you guys to do that. And Cleveland is home, back in Ohio. Yeah. All due respect, I got to go. Mm, wow. He's like, boom. It, it worked out exactly like he said. Wow. Mm. Powerful. Wor mm. Worked out exactly like he said. But after that, I get, um, you know, I get a call. 
I'm trying to determine whether I'm going to stay uh, in the league or if I'm going to go to Canada. Now, mind you, Jacob's here now. Jacob was born in the spring. He was born in May. Yes. So now I'm a husband and a father mm. of two because Jonathan was still with us. So we have Ooh. a 15, we got a 15 year old and a five month old. Wow. Mm. And um, the, the team from Canada who had my rights uh, calls and says, hey, we have your rights. If you come and play in Canada, you got to come to Calgary. You don't even have a choice. Mm. We've had, mm. I said, oh, really? How long have you guys had my rights? Oh, man, we've had your rights since 2005. Man. No, since 2003. What? How does that and it, work? And it, wow. And it's 2005. It's a whole day. That's so a whole day. They, they drafted you when you came out in case you didn't get drafted by the league. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So, so, so I'm like, well, now my agent is telling me, don't go to Canada, Josh. Don't go. You'll get a call. I'm like, when, Joe? Because I got bills, bro. I mean, <laughs> I'm not doing anything but working out and staying fit and this and that and waiting for the phone to ring. I felt like I was not being proactive. I was being reactive. And uh, he's like, don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Two weeks goes by. I even called Baltimore trying to get get back to Baltimore. They took the call and it was the most uncomfortable three minutes I've ever had in my life. Wow. Um, you know, he's like, you want me to call him? I said, no, I'll call Ozzy. I'll call Ozzy myself. Just give me the number. I called him. He Ozzie took Newsom. the call. He said, Ozzy Newsome. He sat there. He listened. Oh, hey, Josh, how you doing? I'm doing I'm doing well, Ozzy. I um, just want to give you a call. Hey, I was watching the game last night. The starting quarterback had rolled his ankle or whatever the day before against the Colts under the lights. Said, hey, uh, you know, I just wanted to make sure I gave you guys a call. Um, hopefully no, no hard feelings. You don't take any of this personal. It was a business decision. I saw what happened last night, though. I would love to come and work out. Now, this is a team that drafted me. Right. Mm -hmm. 15 months ago. Wow. I'd love to come and work out. He was like, we'll keep it under advisement. Wow. Mm. wow. End of the call. Man. Wow. Appreciate the call, Josh. We'll keep it under advisement. Boom. So now I'm scrambling. I'm like, all right, well, it ain't going to be Baltimore because he wasn't feeling me. There was no warmth. There was not one one piece of warmth oh. uh, in that call. Yikes. So now so now the team in Canada is saying uh, who I had stiff-armed. Like, hold on, man. I'm not – just give me, give me a minute. Now their starting quarterback gets hurt. Mm. Now they call me with a different tone. See, they 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 were friendly about it before. Right. No, no big deal. Take your time. They say, man, you got to decide by the week. Wow. Mm. You know, you, you got rights. you got to by the end. Yeah, you got to decide by the end of the week. So um, I decided to go. I had one more call with my agent. He was like, "Don't go, Josh." I said, "Joe, you gonna give me the money?" Right. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I have I have bills to pay. I have no income. So I leave my family at the airport. Probably still one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Jacob is five months old. It's September. Mm. Jacob's five months old. I'm getting on a plane and they're not coming with me. Mm. And uh, 
you know, so when you say, how did you transition through it, bro? I tripped and fell and got scraped and bumped and bruised. And I had no idea. Now I'm in this new country. First time I've ever been out of the country in this new country, thousands of miles from the crib, new baby at home. And, you know, I'm just like trying to make a football team, dealing with that, dealing with the stuff that's going on uh, there, which is a whole nother, uh, another conversation as well. But then kind of fast forward so that we don't take up too much time. So so now I, I, I leave Canada, come back home to the States. I sign with the Giants in January. Um, I'm cut in July, um, you know, before training camp. Hey, man, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, we have to make some moves today and you're one of them. Stay in shape. Uh, if anything happens uh, at the position, we'll give you a call. You're on the short list. One of the favorite things to say. You're on the short list. You're on the short list. <laughs> You're on the short list. <laughs> so, so that's July the 5th. I was on my way back to New York uh, to finish up this internship program. And uh, I had a job, an internship. And so I was going back. And I get cut. I'm in the middle of Pennsylvania somewhere. And I'm coming. I went into Wendy's, left my phone in the car. I come out. I see the missed call. I see the voicemail. I'm like, crap! Crap! <laughs> Crap! Like, no. Crap! No. I know that area code. They don't be calling me. They don't be calling me. <laughs> I have uh, friends there. Now, 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 literally, now, literally, Ooh. keep in mind, I'm at a Wendy's. This is so good. In the middle of nowhere, in the middle right? of Pennsylvania. I'm yes. probably halfway between Ohio and halfway between East Rutherford, New Jersey. Right. I I find out I'm fired. Oh. Mm. Where do I go? Wow. Do I turn around and go home? Or do I go to New Jersey? Wow. Mm. I'm like, well, well, but I don't have time to have any emotions. I'm like, well, if you go home. Well, your wife's staying with your mom or her sister. I can't remember who we were, who she was staying with at the time, and the baby. Uh, so you can go home to no job, and stay at your mom's with your wife and your baby, mm-hmm. or you can go finish this job. You know, I think I was getting I don't know twenty two dollars an hour at this internship or whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Finish that out and then come back home. You know, at least come home with something. Right. Like, <laughs> at least come home with something. something. So, so, I, so I go, I go, and I finish the deal, and I and I come home. I get a workout with the Houston Texans. A couple weeks later, the last day before training. Training camp is tomorrow. Training camp is tomorrow. I go to this workout. I crush the workout. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If I had to grade myself, bro. I was, I, it was everything on the line. I'm like, I don't care. I'm swagging on everybody. Right. I, I bring my bag. I bring my suit. I crush the workout. I get upstairs. The guy who's running the workout, I'm thinking he's just, I'm so focused. I don't even know who's who. Wow. The guy who's running the workout was the GM. Mm-hmm. I thought he, but he was, but he was a young black dude. Okay. Young black mm-hmm. dude. I'm thinking he's telling the guys what routes to run this and that. I'm like, Man, he must be the receivers coach. Mm, yeah. Because you don't normally see GMs with that like, level of closeness to. The, yes. Yeah. 
I get upstairs. She said, okay, well, Rick Smith, we'll see you now. And I go to the corner office. I walk in. I'm like, oh, Smith, it's him. I'm in there. I'm in there. I'm in there, man. It's over. There's no way. The conversation is three minutes long. He was like, man, you killed the workout. You know, all we got to do is get your agent on the phone, work out the details, go get yourself something. To wow. I said, coach, I brought my, I brought my suit. I knew I wasn't going home. Wow. Mm. He's, like, he's like, perfect. I go downstairs. I get a phone call about 20 minutes later from my agent. He says, uh, looks like they're going to wait on you. Nah, 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 nah. You got, you, you got it wrong. I, I just came from right. talking with Rick. He just told me yeah. they're going to sign me. Right. Go talk to Rick again. Mind you, I had already called Tammy and said, I'm not coming home. Hmm. I'm not coming home. Wow. Mm. I go back upstairs. First words out of his mouth. You see, I'm new around here. Oh. Oh. Wow. Oh. Oh. oh, like I didn't have the authority. I'm like, man, it's not time for that. Get a general manager. I'm like, it's not time I'm, for that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so he says, here's the thing. You're better than our second and third quarterback right now. Wow. Mm. He said, but head coach signed a quarterback earlier day i didn't know about it oh we man. can't we we can't have two quarterbacks that don't know our language mm. starting training camp at the same we can't we can't do it which he's right right, right? Yeah. again they most oftentimes ain't lying to you they're telling you wow. the truth so so he says um so we gotta you know, I can't. He said, but I'm, but I'm gonna get you back here. I'm gonna get you back here. He's like, the thing that I like about you versus this other guy that they signed, he doesn't have practice squad eligibility. You do now. He's selling me. Yeah. You yeah. do have practice squad eligibility. Historically, Houston doesn't even keep three active quarterbacks on the roster. They keep two quarterbacks and one guy on the practice roster. So he's gonna be out, and you're gonna be in anyway. I'm gonna mm. make that happen. And I'm like. And I was fine with all that. I was listening. I was listening. I was being super respectful. I was just biting my tongue. Ooh. I'm chilling. Mm -hmm. But I knew that the guy that he that they had signed, we were together at the senior ball. Uh-huh. So I won't I won't name him, but if you just do a little research, you can find okay. you know <laughs> one of the two guys that it was. But uh so I'm like, do I tell this again? I'm sitting there trying to deal with my feelings. This is so mm -hmm. good. I'm like, do I take the high road or do I tell him I'm better than this guy? Ooh. Do I tell him this guy's a bum to me? Wow. Because I practiced with him for a week and then he's not a bum. Obviously, he's not I a got bum. He's an yep, NFL. But it. that's how you're feeling. But, that yeah. but, but now I'm feeling this is how I'm feeling. Like this, guy, this, this guy can't, he can't even touch me, coach. And I said, man, bump it. Man, I'm better than him. Mm. But I'm better than him. Why? I'm better than him, though. Right. You know what he said? What do you think he said? In this league, it doesn't matter. My decision. In this league, this it doesn't matter. Said, better than him. This guy. It would have been great if he just said it's not my decision. It would have been great if he said in this league it's not my decision. He said, "I know." I know. Oh. 
He said, I know three times. He said, I know you are. I know you are, Josh. I know. And then he goes back into, so now pour some more gasoline on that fire. I'm, I'm boiling over. Mm. And, and I'm like, uh, he said, but I'm gonna get you back here. I'm gonna get you back here in the next couple of weeks and you'll still have a chance to make this team. Now I lost it. I lost it. I'm like, what do you mean I'm gonna have a chance to make this team, man? You gonna send me home with a playbook? Right. I'm a quarterback. I can't even what do you you're gonna be two weeks into building your roster? Mm, you're yeah. gonna set me up and say I have a if he would have said, Hey, we're gonna get you back here. If he would not have said, and you'll have a chance to make the team, I bet you I don't boil over. Right. But I'm listening to what he's saying, and that was the first time I felt like it was a lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, bro, I'll have no chance. Right. Like, the same way you can't. And so he's like, man, I promise you, I, you know, you know, stay in shape. We're going to get you back here one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about transitioning, uh, I didn't want to believe it. Then I have to go back downstairs in the in the hallway. Now, mind you, you know, the next step is. We got to get this guy to the airport. What's the next ticket available? Mm, yes. like, like, he's out of here. It, right. it was no, there was no, like, so we're going to send you home tomorrow. No, it was, get out we're going to drop man. you off at the airport. I got to yeah. go back downstairs and call home and say, uh, I'm on my way home. Wow. Mm. Powerful story. Yes. I'm on yes. my way home. And, and I waited for that call. I waited for that call. Waited for that call. And I didn't get a call to say you weren't going to get a call. Mm, man. There was just no call. So when you talk about transitioning out of professional sports, if you're not one of those guys blessed enough to get to choose when you hang it up, right? Like you, you don't really transition out of the league. You just ain't mm. in the league no more. Wow. You don't transition out of it. You're out of it and you don't know you're whether you're it. coming back or not. Wow. Now you have to control yourself. Now you have to decide what you're going to do. You have to decide now. Now you're like, okay, so now I got to get a job. But what kind of job am I going to get? Because I have to stay in shape in the event. Now I'm interviewing. Now, oh, now you get some good stuff, man. Listen, now I'm interviewing. I'm home in Columbus. Uh And I waited around for a couple weeks. And then I'm like, I had a little camp, foundation, whatever. uh, Made a little money that way. And I'm like, okay. This ain't working, bro. I got to get a job. I'm putting out, you know, Monster, you know, Indeed didn't exist. LinkedIn, oh, it wasn't right. all those things. So, but I'm, so I'm like literally trying to put myself out there to get a job. And uh, I'm getting interviews. Mm-hmm. And when I get in an interview, they look at my resume. And they're like, Man, you know, there's a lot of football on your resume. That's really cool. That's a, uh, and I say, well, well why? Yeah. And, you know, the most, most, most common question people who are not in the league ask, uh-huh. like, what was it like? What was That's it like? Know, oh, right. you play you play like with the this. Baltimore like Ravens. Interview. What's Ray Lewis like in the interview, bro? <laughs> I got fans in the interview. Bro. Oh, wow. you're controlling my destiny, and I'm like trying to at, tell Think you how Ray, Ray Lewis. Lewis is, right, Ed Reed is kind of like this, <laughs> and Ray Lewis, they're a lot like. Like, bro, I need a job, bro. Can I get a job though? We could talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, hire me. I'll tell you stories all day. Hire me as a storyteller if you want. I'll be here. But, exactly. But, but, bro. So they say, well, why aren't you in the league anymore? Now, nobody told me, and maybe they shouldn't have had to. Mm. But I've always been pretty much a straight shooter. 
Right. Mm -hmm. So when they say, why aren't you in the league anymore? I say, uh, honestly, here's a situation that happened in Houston. And uh, I mean, I could get a call any day. Mm, I could get a call any day. I didn't even know I was hanging myself. Oh, mm. right. They're like, we can't, we can't hire you. We can't, we put can't you hire you. Vision. You can be leaving any day. Yeah, oh. your vision isn't to be with us. It's to be with them. You're they literally, they literally would say, no well, that's great, this. man. That is, that is great. That's awesome. Tell you what, when you're done playing football. Done, done, for sure. Right. When you're done, come back. Right. Man. Come back. Wow. So now you're trying to figure out what kind of job uh, can I get that would still allow me to train at the level I need to train at to be ready to go and oh Time by the way man <laughs> and tough. and oh by the way um I don't know whether the call is gonna come or not and oh by the way again and you can't tell these people the truth in the interview wow <laughs> that's probably my man. the last interview that I had I went to you know found something in the in the paper um, a job to be a director for time Warner cable at the time um, the guy the interview went very similar right but the schedule was going to be flexible it was like primarily four to nine you know knocking doors residentially four to nine you know th throughout the week so i'm like man i got all day to be able to train this and that and i actually told the guy uh you know the truth and he was he's still a friend to this day that's awesome. Yeah. Still a friend to this day. I told him the truth. He was the last guy. I said, if I can't tell the truth in this last interview, I'll lie to everybody. Wow. Yep. And I was pretty story. much done from there. That is a, a very powerful story. And we have, uh, you know, come up on our time. You, th I, I can't tell you how impactful I know this yeah. story is going to be to somebody out there who's in between things and not sure what, what the future holds, understanding that they have to have a vision for themselves. And Dr. Robin, we're going to get to you with the final answer. But Josh, if you could just, uh, in, a, in a minute or less, tell us just, you now have your own business. Tell us, tell us what you're doing now. Somebody's thinking they don't want to leave this episode not knowing what you're doing now. So if just in maybe two minutes or less, if you could tell us what are you doing now and, and what was the light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, so now uh, I'm a business owner. Um, I have an insurance agency uh, and a marketing firm with a, with a partner of mine. Uh, been been in the insurance industry now for uh, nine years. Um, I was recommended to the insurance industry uh, by a dear friend of mine, uh, and he he told me when I get my license, you should get your license. Why, man? You get your license, it'll change your life how because now you'll have control this is back in like 2011 2010 because i dragged my feet before getting the license but huh i'll have control he said i said well you know give me some more to that he said well because then nobody can own you all you'll need if you have the license all you'll need is a company that will allow you to sell their product and um that's where that's where we're at now. So I have a, a small life insurance agency, um, and then my um, my partner and I we opened up a call center uh, to kind of house the agency um, marketing company um, Richardson Marketing Group and Freedom Direct is the name of our uh, two primary businesses. Um, I, I'll say this, and then you can Anth can have the actual final answer, <laughs> but. 
I'll tell anybody who's straddling the fence or in between, you have to go on offense. You can't, you can't, you can't stay on defense. You can't, you can't surrender your life and the expectations of what it is that you're going to do, how you're going to do it, uh, when you're going to do it to somebody who's not even thinking about you all the time, every day. Mm. You, you actually have to take control, at least if you take control and you, I won't even say fail because you don't, the only way to fail is to quit. But if you struggle, at least you can be happy with the decisions that are being made because you made them. Mm. And as opposed to being uh, communicated wow. the decision. Wow. I've had yeah. some struggles in entrepreneurship, but none of them felt like when dude said, we're going to sign you and came back and said, I'm not signing. Mm. Real. That's powerful. None of them felt like when coach Cornell said, I still believe you can play in this league. Mm. And if not this league, maybe you should consider Canada. So you got to go on offense. If you're, if you're thinking about something or if you are thinking about pursuing something, uh, all you have to do is think, plan, execute. Think. There you go. Love it. Plan, execute. If you think about it, put a plan together. The plan might not look like you wanted your ultimate final vision, but you might have to just work yourself into that position. So you start your entrepreneurship as a side hustle. Maybe you build it into a from a side hustle to a part-time thing, from a part-time thing to a full-time thing, you finally jump, cut the rope, bro, and let's go. There oh, you go. Wow. There you go. There I'm you go. So That's the final answer. That was That's the final answer. <laughs> we might have to cut it down. I mean, that was, oh, that was so good. So good. Thank you so much, Josh, for your transparency, for your openness, for your story. These are stories we don't often get to go behind the scenes of these things that we're watching in front of our eyes on TV. Uh, we see the athletes, we see the stories, we hear about guys like you, but we don't know what happens when we don't see them anymore. A lot of times we think maybe they're on a team I don't follow or their games don't come on mm -hmm. in my market and we don't know what happens. And the fact that you got back on your feet, you continued to push, you made a plan, you executed, and now you're here is such a powerful story that is going to motivate somebody out there, wherever you're watching from, wherever you guys are listening from, let this story be something that drives you and come back and listen to this episode again. Watch this episode again, share it with a family member, share it with a friend, share it with a young athlete or a current athlete that you know, or an entrepreneur or anybody in any stage of their life or career, because this could change their lives. Dr. Roadman, it's on you to give the people the final answer. And the final answer is you have to take back control of your life. You have to be able to start with the end before you begin. Do not go any longer in your life not knowing where you're going. People with no vision, you're going to lose restraint. You're not going to have the energy, the strength to move forward because you don't know where you're going. It's not just about knowing where you're going. When you have a vision, it helps you know where not to go. So you have to start with the end. When you have the end in mind, actually break it down into years, seasons, months. Create actual strategic plans that we talked about. Put the plans together. And then it's up to you to execute. Take back control of your time. Take back control of your schedule. Don't go throughout your day not knowing what's going to happen. Schedule out your day. Visualize your day. And then actually take some time to meditate on your past. What could I have learned from my past experiences? What happened today? What I could have got better on? How can I take that into my next day to improve upon? 
you have to take back control of your time to make, take back control of your life. Remember, time is a currency. Get time to work for you, and you'll have all the time that you need to create the life that you always desire so you can be the perfect example to success. And that is the final answer. Dr. Robeman, Joshua Harris, to all of our audience members and everybody out there following this podcast, we want to thank you guys again. Josh, you were phenomenal. I can't thank you thank enough. You. Thank, thank you, sir. You. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Man, thank you. Thank you. All right, gentlemen, it's that's it. Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, you have just heard the final answer when it comes to how do you manage your time and still reach your goals. We hope you share this broadcast with somebody and we hope you see we hope to see you next time on the final answer. Everybody take care. <laughs>